1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Welcome back to Brooko Mode. In this episode, I'm joined by Teal Line a personal trainer, entrepreneur and Luna Love Club founder. She is very passionate and driven and she has so many insights to give from her journey so far. Expect to learn more about dealing with the expectation of others, Luna Love Club and women empowerment, the importance of positive self-delusions, surrounding yourself with big container people, why you need to mind map your life, while Teal unfollowed all other gym personal trainers, pursuing dreams and being authentic, Putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations, what a masoji is, Teal's rule, and much, much more. Let's get into it. I didn't really know how to tell people what was happening. You've got to start living life, it's not going to last forever.
2: If you've got something nice to yeah. say, say it. It's such a negative world, why don't we start changing the way we talk? No,
0: I've never been scared of dying. Talk
2: judgment for curiosity. If you love yourself and the
0: important people in your life love you, that's all you really need. The upside of never trying is never having to feel the pain of failure. How much does that apply to you and your adventures?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, I feel like I do a lot of trying of things because... I have a very good just do it kind of mentality. So if I don't do it, I'll never know. So it's like if I never do it, I n- never will know what possibly could happen. I'm a throw myself into everything kind of situation, but my biggest fear would be not trying it. Don't even know if that's answering your mm, question, is, but
0: is, is it a regret framework? Do you think like oh when I'm old I regret this or is it just really you've just trained yourself to be like fuck it, I don't care what people think. I just really want to see what's going to happen
1: oh i reckon it's more a me thing like i would hate to not know like yeah a regret thing but also just i have so many interests and if i feel if i don't do it now i'll just never do it so i just dive straight in and just do it
2: i have a good question actually um so what would you say to someone that struggles with starting or trying something
1: what's the worst that could happen Honestly, um, literally, what is the worst that can happen? I have jumped into everything head first. And look, when you start diving into things headfirst, you start to build evidence. And then once you have enough evidence, you will just keep doing it. Because the first couple of times, like I've started five businesses now. So every time I start a new business, it's scary. But now because I've had enough evidence of it going well, I'm not scared to do it again.
2: Just that first time.
1: Yeah, 100%.
2: You have to be great to start. You Literally. start to be great. <laughs>
1: hey, more <quotes. laughs> did, did, You? How did you find starting the potty? Were you scared?
0: I I think I had a bit of your mindset where I was like, fuck, I know that once it gets spinning that I'll get more confident. I didn't have too much fear around it because I feel like it was one of those things in my head I was like, I have to own it and just go with it. Yeah. But inevitably along the journey – you become a lot more competent in the skill set that you're developing and the craft. But like you said, I feel like for me and any sort of adventure or project that I want to undertake, it's it's a lot easier to say how hard it's going to be and make it unrealistic that what you're chasing could occur. It's it's just a sort of a, a framework that is sort of a cop-out. Yeah. Um, and I'm learning to just, like you said, go head first. Because it's how you define failure. For for me, I try and shift it to if I'm trying, I'm not failing.
1: 100%. There is no failure in life. If you think you've failed, you've got your mindset the complete wrong way. Mm. You can learn from anything and if something's going to go bad, there's a way to turn it around. Like if you don't learn, you'll never learn.
2: It's the label of failure. It just has this negative connotation that failing is such a bad thing when a lot of positive can come out of it.
1: 100%. And I find even if everything's going so well, it's hard to then make any change and then you can get really stale. If Mm. something goes bad, you're like, oh, I have to pivot. I have to change. Whereas if you just keep going on this one road, it's not going to go anywhere.
0: So, you talk about the five business projects, yes. and you know the PT one, Active by Teal, and you've got the Lunar Love Club. Yes. Well, what are some of the stories around the other ones?
1: Oh, I the have failures. been. <laughs> <laughs> <Literally>, <laughs> <laughs> what you don't see. <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur literally from day dot. Like, um,. Look, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a business, but like in school, this is diving so far back. I don't even know if you know these stories, Maybe not. but, um, I've created apps before. So what? when I was got, do you remember this? Yeah, yeah.
2: Fuck. That's a long time ago. <laughs> Such a long
1: time ago. So in that, I was having to create business plans, having to reach out to people, having to come up with an idea, create it, do all the things. So then even from there, it was, it ended up being quite successful. Like got a free trip to America out of it, got. Three trips to Sydney, two trips to Brisbane, all free based on this app that I created. I was like, holy shit, if you put your mind to something, you can literally do anything. And that was kind of my first exposure of there's not always going to be someone that you can follow. You just have to do it. Like no one I knew at that time had ever made an app. I was 16. I thought I was way too cool for this whole thing anyway. It ended up taking off. So then I just followed that train for as long as I possibly could. What was that again? Vocabulary Voyages. It was a NatPlan app. So for those people that aren't good at English like me, we had Vocabulary Voyages. It was aimed at NatPlan children. What years did we do NatPlan? Gosh,
2: seven,
0: three. It's the odd ones. Oh, it's like yeah. three, five, seven. Yeah, three, nine. five, seven. Nine. nine? Yeah. Nine's yeah, I think the last
1: one. Nine's nine. like all nine. If you fail it, I don't, know, uh, I don't know. If you
2: fail your nine, then you keep doing ten, eleven, twelve.
1: And yeah, all of those things. So the whole precipice of this app was like I found NatPlan hard. Only mostly in the literature side. So with that, I created all different games. It was all gamified to make the literature side of NatPlan easier for other people. So we tested it out on primary school kids. We yeah got to present it to the CEO of Google, got to present it to like these Facebook people, these Apple people, like all the big names in tech. We got to go over there and like present it, which was kind of the best experience for me because I got to see that, okay, my ideas are legitimate and these can go places and then from there, that's when this kind of entrepreneur brain's kind of ticked over.
0: What happens if it didn't work out so well the mm. first time? Because I reckon it maybe built that mm. that psych, that, oh, that self story that you could your your, yes. your ideas and your ingenuity is good enough. But what happens if it, that first one didn't go so well? Maybe
1: it is so hard. Like if I say even with girls that I train, like obviously the first program that we do or the first mm. like diet approach, and like I'm really non diet, so I don't give someone like a meal plan step by step but I have like a toolkit of strategies say if the first strategy is like you write down every meal or whatever and then you just send it to me don't attach any value to it you just send that to me and say that doesn't work say that becomes too overwhelming or whatever it's the willingness to try something else so it's like as long as you're willing there is another way there's another thing you can do there's another idea there's another avenue like everything happens for a reason kind of thing
0: oh yeah uh, everything happens for a reason I'm my sort of. You don't love st- that. No. I feel this is brilliant. <laughs> really no, no, it's my, just tough <laughs> my, spin yeah. on, my spin on that is everything can happen for a reason because I feel like failures are only because we are sort of we sort of like glorify failures in the sense that like we say how essential they are to success, but a lot of people fail and then they give up. Yeah. Failures are so important when we take action from the learnings we get from the failures, but I, that's why I think everything can happen for a reason if we learn from it and then take actionable steps to do whatever we're trying to do
1: yeah 100% well like even I've been very fortunate in business that it has gone well but even with Luna which everyone sees now is so successful like that's amazing but there was like a six-month period where my co-founder basically dropped out and then I was like crying in my bedroom not knowing what to do with it next and then I literally just got a mind map out scribbled down everything I possibly could think of of what I liked what I didn't like what went well what didn't go so well and then from there because I have the mindset of like okay let's take action because if you don't obviously you're stuck where you were and it's then moved forward and been even better than it was before so it is one of those things that like I've been lucky to move on from those failures but it can be so hard. Like And I know that and I see that so often in people but it's just pick yourself up, keep going and there's so much more out there.
0: How – because the Luna Love Club, there's a lot of self-love and empowerment with – is it – can you explain more of that? Yes. Because I'm interested in like the self-love of like words versus yeah. the action.
1: Yeah, so self-love is a really funny word I find. Like there is so many connotations around it but with Luna, the biggest thing is is kind of – You want to get somewhere, cool. We're so for goal setting, so for setting challenges, so for that. But we just want to like ourselves enough through the journey that we're not putting ourselves down and having any guilt. So there's so much around self love, which I love. And then there's also the part where it's, you're not willing for any change. You have to love yourself 120% the way you are. But it's like, no, there's bits of you that you want to challenge, there's bits of you, you want to change, even your mind, your career, whatever it is, but you just have to accept yourself of where you are and like yourself enough to not get yourself into anything else and then build that self-love from there.
2: It's a hard one because then some people use the self-love as, as like an excuse to just stay where they are.
1: Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I,
2: like, I love myself how I am. Like, that's fucking like awesome. But yeah, Then you might find yourself just getting stuck and not improving things that you might need to improve I guess because is that
0: easier to do than embrace the uncertainty of having to bring it back. <laughs> embrace the uncertainty of wanting to be better and having the that I don't know they talk about the lonely chapter and the doubts and the fears and and that it's the struggle and the grind of whatever you're taking on like that's it's fucking hard it's almost easier to be like well actually I I really love what I have but a lot of people don't. They, yeah. You know, th- we can appreciate more of what we have, but a lot of people have big dreams and big goals and there's so much of like that acceptance culture. So it's hard because a lot of the time, we need a balance, love and appreciating what we do have while also striving for more. It's a delicate balance.
1: 100%. It's such a delicate balance. And I think it comes from who you hang around with. And like this is such a – you can go <laughs> so deep into this, but the people you have around you are literally – they're pivotal to anywhere you go, anything you do, who you become, how, the way you talk, the way you vision, the way you goal set, the container you put yourself in. So if you – Hang around with people with small containers, which are kind of like small goals, don't really want to do too much which is great you've got a time and place for those friends but if you then surround yourself with big container people who see the world so much bigger they see so much more potential and so it was a really cool video the other day and it was this girl talking about the first time she's like a mega multi-millionaire she don't even know what she does but she was like the first time someone spoke to about millions like their income in millions or whatever it was or like their goal in millions it really took shook me because she just didn't even think that was possible and then the more she was hanging around with those people she was like like actually fuck you all i can make millions if i really want to make millions and it's like that more you hang out with people that big you're like oh okay nice like
2: that's so fucking true yeah i think our friends
0: have such a bigger role in our limiting beliefs than we realize like we a lot of us have so many limiting beliefs about what we can do and what we think we should do but i think there's you have to create awareness that the people around you and the things they say do influence
2: the belief that you have about yourself
1: hundred percent you
2: said a good analogy once It's like they have like a elastic band on them right and they can either be pulling you down or pulling you up
0: mm. so yeah the push pull analogy what about you and your journey how's it been trying all these new things and what has it been like with the people around you
1: Look, it's been so good, and I am really lucky that I have friends. It sounds weird, and I don't like saying it that much out loud, but I have friends before Active and friends after Active. So, like, when I created Active by Teal, it kind of – it didn't change who I was, but because it is a personal brand and because it became a huge chunk of who I am, the people I met after I became Active by Teal see me kind of differently than the people that I grew up with. So, oh. yeah, don't you reckon it's so different? So <laughs> the people before Active by Teal, like, look, like my best friend and all that is still <laughs> before Active by Teal people, but it is so much funnier the way you have whole different expectations on those people. Like there are people that are really, that I've met after Active by Teal that are really involved in my community, involved in the Active by Teal, things that I do involved in Luna Love Club and I have a different set of expectations for them when it comes to business and like even when I hang out with them I'm talking a lot about Activa I'm talking a lot about Luna I'm talking all about that and then I have my friends that I'm generally just around because they make me so happy and I don't even have to talk about business and it's that They are all, everyone's been so supportive, which I'm so grateful for. When I first started Active by Two, I was so scared because it's a platform where I talk to the camera by myself, which is kind of embarrassing the first time you do, you feel stupid. Like I'm in my bedroom talking to myself, mom and dad can hear me, the dog's scratching on the door. And then you kind of get to a point where it's like, no, this is so important for me. This is how I make money. This is how I find clients. And then people either like you or they don't. And if they don't, that's full on them. And then the people that actually respect you will stay around, if that kind of makes sense.
0: What's the difference between in the, he- the headspace when you have the evidence versus when you don't? Because I feel like when you do are getting successful in this evidence that what you're doing is justified, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy for that self story to be like, okay, all these awkward, weird, out of my comfort zone experiences are worthwhile. But what was it like starting when, you know, things weren't so successful and you had to really maybe use self-talk or psych yourself up to do things out of your comfort zone when there isn't that proof that sort of justifies why you're doing it?
1: Yeah definitely even when I first started Active by Teal I was so lucky that like one of my best friends he used to be a PT as well so he was working as a manager of a gym so he was kind of out of the PT space but it was someone that I could talk to about all of this stuff and had been there so I even say if you're in that point of life where you are feeling like in a turning point and you want to be bigger like find a mentor have someone that talks to you and in- like has your back because then you can kind of fade out everyone else's if you have someone really solid in your life that even if you don't have the evidence yet they believe you can create your own evidence if that makes sense like have someone that believes in you enough that you start creating the evidence before you have it
0: did you have to i guess when you talk about evidence then did you how did you use like little rewards or little signs of growth to, to know that you're on the right trajectory and sort of reaffirm that you're taking the right path because you spoke to me about sort of the pressure you maybe felt to go to university and sort of taking that leap of faith and backing yourself in. Yeah. So how important was it to sort of see signs of growth?
1: It is really important. And look, we're all human. We all look for validation, whether that is through people or yeah, a, arbitrary number of followers or likes or whatever that is we all look for that and it's so normal and we hate ourselves for it but it is just being a human like I even check how many likes I have or like how many followers every now and then and I try not to attach value to it but it's normal too but having things like friends that believe in you and then also just a vision that's bigger than where you currently are that is so freaking exciting that you just can't wait to be there even if you can only see it, be so delusional and, like, obnoxious about that that's where you're going to be, that's what's going to happen. Because, yeah, as you mentioned, I went to university, I was the classic smart girl kid, I had the scholarship, I had... All the things lined up for me. I went to Sydney, amazing, loved engineering. Yes, I did engineering, loved it. It was amazing, got great marks, cool. But then when I came back home for the summer, I firstly realised I had no money and Sydney is a very expensive place to live. So I stayed home and worked full time. And then it got to a point where mum and dad said to me, okay, enough's enough, like go back, do something with your life. And my grandparents knew me as the person that was going to get to uni. I had like all these high hopes. Yeah, I just created an app. Like obviously engineering makes so much sense. And then when I was at home and doing all those things, I was like, I kind of like people a bit more than I let on. And engineering is a very solo thing. Whereas I started doing PT. I basically fell into the course. My best friend was like, yeah, do it. And then I fell in love with that. And that was probably the hardest time where I had to really back myself because everyone else was like, you had such a good thing going with engineering, with Sydney, with university. Why are you not doing that? Mm. And it's one of those things where it's like, no, this is me. This is my life. I'm so young. I have so much time. If I want to go back, I can. And just kind of blocking out the noise. Mm. And I think it's a personality trait that I can do that, but it was Mm. a move.
0: (coughs) speak about delusions Right. And and almost (laughs) seeing it before anyone else does. I feel like we have so many negative delusions about ourselves and spoken about on Modern Wisdom. But why don't we start making delusions that actually serve us?
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm the queen of like thinking you're the biggest, (laughs) bestest thing ever. Like, I had a dream the other day that Luna Love Club was selling out, like, Perth Exhibition Centre of like people doing wellness <laughs> workshops and there was like a hundred small business stalls around the side and if it's not big enough and that's so exciting, like you need to create something bigger. Like the mundane is scary. No, I love so, that.
0: Someone said, "Make if you, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Yeah. yeah. Yes, heard that, I like heard that, that. Heard is What is it that motivates you? What sort of vision do you have? Because we speak about vision and creating vision and people might be like, well, I don't really have anything. Yeah. Where do, where do we where do we start? It
1: is one of those things and I say like a practical tool is a mind map. Like I love brain dumping. Everything you possibly have. What do you like? What do you don't like? Where do you want to work? What would you not want to work with? What type of things would you want to do? Where do you get happiest most? Like it can literally be anything. Dump it down. Um, and then from there you'll get kind of a little bit of clarity and I've been saying this a lot recently with the girls. If you don't feel like you have a purpose or like, absolutely 100% this is what you want to do in your life you were so young and you can try so many things like you don't have to lock yourself so in and I'm in that stage a lot of my girls are just finishing university or not really loving the degree that they have and like all that stuff and it's getting to that point where they start signing full-time contracts and they start recruiting like long service leave and staying in jobs that they don't really like where it's like see take a step back what do you actually like what do you not like and kind of make moves from there
0: it, is it, yeah, is it just the, do you, well, do you recognise in the people, is it just they're just chasing like the comfort or do they not know any better because maybe they haven't trained that self story that they they could have that agency and that s- sort of volition in their life that they could do what they want to do because c- they, ha- they haven't practised it because Like they might see people doing cool things like you, but then there's that self story like, oh, I'm not someone who does that. Mm. Even though it's just themselves preventing them from doing it. So maybe do we we start small in some way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, look, we were even speaking about this the other day. It's like when you feel like you want something bigger and you just don't know where to put it, it's that like you almost freeze. And we don't want that freeze response because freeze response is really exhausting and it's Mm. all consuming and it's overwhelming and you overthink and you stay stuck. Whereas if you... Just make any action, it's better than no action. And we have so much time, more time than we think we have. Like you don't, you're not running out of time. Like that you've got enough time to try other things and if it fails, so what?
0: Mm, I, I'm going to make a name for that. It's the vision vacuum.
2: Wow.
1: Because... He's it, pretty smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but we have... The, I have this vision, but it sucks the life out of you because it's not a current reality. Yeah. So it's almost taking a step back, taking the pressure off yourself. But I, I really like the, the dumping thing because I feel like when once you detach from the thoughts in your head and you put it down on a piece of paper, it helps you be more objective about it.
1: 100%. And I've done that so many times and just – Yeah, I've come up with the coolest ideas and, like, all different things just from dumping it down. Even when I first started Active by Teal, I did a massive mind map. I still have it in my house, actually. And I've basically done all the things. So I'm a PT, right, just fresh out of school, haven't even got a first job yet, don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, what do I want? I've just created Active by Teal's name, Instagram account, probably got about three posts. And I draw acted by two in a big circle in the middle of the page and I stick out random things that I want to do and they're things like retreats I was like I don't have a single client yet but I know I want to do retreats it's like (laughs) online programs I want to run monthly catch-ups with everyone I want to have like an online challenge I want to do all these different things and I was just like that would be so cool if that was my reality and then because I was at literally zero. I had no clients, no nothing, didn't know where I was going to work. But having that as a background, it was kind of like a mini roadmap. I was trying to make moves to become that perfect, vi- oh, it's not even perfect, that ideal vision of Active by Teal. and even doing that with your day. Like how do you, you want your day to look? Like scribble all that down and then start making little moves to make tiny bits of that happen. Like now looking at that sheet of paper, it's like all scrunched up and like, oh, it's not scrunched up, it's been used a lot. But like I've run retreats, I've run online programs i've had sold out groups and like it's really cool that because i set that at the start i could see it at the end like i could have sat there and be like oh my gosh i have no clients i'm just gonna do whatever they want i want to work whenever for whoever for money and then like, oh cool that's not motivating that's not big enough that's not gonna scare me but if you take that brain dump and use it it's powerful
2: yeah if you're using it though yeah because it it's I feel like a lot of people would write that down. Well, not a lot of people, but yeah. people can write that down, and the, the, they sort of would feel stuck with like, yeah, okay, I've got these words that d- have a bit of meaning, but don't, <laughs> don't know how to get there. Yeah, it's like connecting the dots, I guess. But um, how, how
1: have you found yourself in that situation where you're like wanting oh. to do more
2: <laughs> all the time? <laughs> yeah, fair. all the time, and it's just like how getting. How do you get there? And it's, 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 it's probably easier It's an innate
0: human thing to want yeah, to is. have a positive impact
2: on it's people. It's the comfort
1: thing as well to stay where we are because where we are isn't bad. Mm. It's like where we are is fine. Like I love my life, but it's like, but where I could be.
2: Should be scary yeah. staying in the same spot.
1: 100%. And it's just not built into our humans. We just want safety. Mm and we just want well, to be I feel yeah. like
0: the power of the what you said and writing it down like cuz if you can dream it you can have it if you don't write down what you're after well, what sort of you're going on a road where you don't know where you're going yeah. so even if it maybe is in some cases slightly delusional yeah right at least you're going after the trajectory is right yeah. you, you might not reach that ceiling yes. but you you will get somewhere close to where you wanted to be
2: yeah i have to have those delusions
0: well definitely have tell to. tell us about those retreats though cuz like yes cuz I remember you telling me at the cafe, like, it's a pretty cool story.
1: It is. Like, I, uh, oh, first, like, the retreats. Were like the absolute best. I've run three, four now. And um, basically how they came about was I've always wanted to a retreat. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do a Bali retreat. Hadn't been to <laughs> Bali. Yeah, <laughs> this is how delusional I am, everyone. <laughs> know. So I was like, I'm going to do a Bali retreat. I was like booked in the dates, had a wait list. So I sent out emails. Hadn't actually organized anything. I just picked two random dates in this random weekend in September of 2020. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do a retreat in Bali these days. Cool. So then I, the next day, no, yeah it would have been the next day i sent an email out to every single person on my email list and i was like got a wait list for this the retreat it's going to be the best retreat in the entire world i had no idea what we were going to do on this <laughs> retreat i was like if you want to come put your email address here and tell me a little bit about you so and like what would you want to do so then i could kind of suss yeah. whatever i wanted to do i was like are we going more fitness crossfit? are we going <laughs> yoga like i can do everything and then i got that 40 people out of my probably 100 wait list, I want to come on this retreat. I was like, oh, amazing. So then the next day I booked flights to Bali just for me to go soon. But as everyone knows, 2020 was COVID. So Mm. it all kind of unraveled itself and it all kind of just went, hit the ground, whatever. So I was telling this story to one of my girls that I was training and I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to do a Bali retreat. Like It's in my vision board. Like I'll do it at one stage. And she was like, this is so weird, but my godmother actually has a wedding venue. And I was like, Tell me more. Hmm. And she goes, yeah, like it's got little chalets and cabins and stuff. Like you could do a retreat there. And I was like.
2: Is this in Bali? No, this oh, is in Perth. Perth. Yeah, yeah. So
1: we were still in COVID. So this is probably yeah. 2021. Yeah. And I was like, oh, give me all the details. And I end up calling this lady, booking this retreat, so delusional again. And I was like, and she was like, oh, like the whole place like has 42 beds. I was like, yeah, perfect. Book me in. And I was like, holy shit. Now I have to get 42 <laughs> people to come on this retreat with me. So I just started marketing it. I hadn't really organized too much. I had a local girl that was new in Pilates, but I knew she'd be amazing. She was a really cool chick. And then one of my best friends was uh, is an artist. So she um, was doing a paint sip. And I was like, yep, everything's kind of in line. And then it got to a point I'd sold about 20 spots. And then I started freaking out. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's in like two months or whatever. And I haven't sold the rest And then I went back to my mission and I was like, no, people want to come. And then literally I just... For some reason, I think I manifested it, let's be honest. I don't know if either of you boys believe in manifestation. But then within the next three days, it completely sold out. And I was like, what? And then from there, I did my first retreat. It was absolutely the most wild weekend of my entire life. 40 of us down there in Dwelling Up, it was. And it was just like the most magical weekend. And I was like, holy shit, I did it. And it was one of those things I never really realized it was happening until I was there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've done this. And not many people would ever do that and it's a really cool feeling of like i just believed i could so i did like i'd never heard of anyone else doing a retreat or anything like that um but i did it and then again evidence and then i've run two sold out retreats from there they've been smaller thankfully so i did a 16 person one in margaret river which was amazing that was a longer one and then i did another one in dwelling up and i did one in mandra so They've been amazing. But again, yeah, it's the delusion. Like you just have mm-hmm. to jump full in because what's the worst that can happen? Like, yes, in that situation, I could lose thousands and thousands of dollars. But because I so strongly believed like how amazing this could be, I you just radiate that. And then I feel like people really resonate with that. And then it can come back to you in leaps and bounds.
0: What do you think about authenticity? Because I feel like that's one of your strongest attributes.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I am really lucky that I have been so strong willed and strong personality that I can just be me and be me all the time but um even for people that feel like they're comparing themselves to a lot of other people and losing their own authenticity really early in my PT game I um unfollowed every single other PT that I knew which seems a bit cutthroat but for me it was probably the best thing that I did in those early stages because then I stopped being like everyone else So it's so easy when you see their content all the time, when you see them posting all the time to compare yourself and what you're sharing. So I went through a weird stage where I was like doing hit videos and posting them and then I was like doing like recipes and like, all of that, which is kind of me, but it just felt really unauthentic because I was copying what everyone else was doing and I was like, Does this actually resonate with me? And then after unfollowing them, like, it felt a bit harsh. I was like, I actually like you as a person. But <laughs> <laughs> I was People like, say I
2: it's actually- her person. Yeah.
1: Like it was like, just so fr- refreshing to be myself. Like, all that I followed at that time was my clients and, like, I guess a few of my friends. But I didn't follow another PT because I was like, I just don't need that subconscious comparison that's bringing me down whenever I open up Instagram and be like, fuck, I haven't posted today. Look at all these people posting all of this all the time. And I was like, I can actually run my own Instagram. I can be my own person and that's what people want.
2: Oh, fuck. All right, people go to Active by Teal for you. Yeah. Like, they can, I'm sure they could get the similar sort of fitness and... And uh, whatever, you, I don't know. I've no, never no, been one, know, so <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know what you tell these girls. <laughs> no. but um. and it,
1: it's true. And in the fitness world, like you'll probably see on Instagram is so body focused. And I'm so glad that I've never accidentally fall down that line. I've never stepped on stage. I've never wanted to do a body composition, anything like that. I genuinely just am so passionate about empowering women to feel unstoppable, like full stop. If that means gaining muscle, amazing. If that means losing weight, amazing. If that means just going to the gym a little bit more often, that is so cool. Whereas I feel like a lot of other people in the fitness industry do sometimes accidentally or if not on purpose, promote a really unhealthy lifestyle that's just not maintainable. Whereas I'm like, I am the girl next door. Like I literally am like you. I've been where you are. Like, don't worry, I've got you. I'm not some crazy... Uh, Like workout obsessed girl, I'm literally in the same space as you, and I'm holding your hand through this whole point. I'm not a pedestal girl. We are friends.
2: You just like humanize yourself,
1: yeah, which people love. Like just be you.
2: Because fuck, hundred percent.
1: What's
0: what's the biggest reason that women need so much like empowerment? What is there something a trend you've seen that there's why there's such a big need for it? Because need. it has to be because why, Because there's – is low self-esteem like Ooh. a common trend because of social media and sort of the pressures I'm in sure, our yeah. society?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I feel like you can even strip women off of that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. every single person feels the same. And like I am so grateful to be part of an industry that's growing so quickly, like female empowerment, female wellness. And like I am a part of that, which is amazing. But then I feel like it can – like, you boys are doing amazing things in, like, men making that okay. Like, I feel like that's even a L area that is even more kind of – like not dull, but like I feel like that doesn't have as much shine as the female empowerment life does at the moment. Like I feel like there's so many products and like advertisement and like community groups and like women's circles and like events like mine that really help women connect and like feel balanced and feel well. And I feel like that's a really healthy trend that's kind of going on with women, but there hasn't really been the same in men yet. Mm
0: -hmm. I just think it's how how men do it is – it's harder to organize as well mm. i guess besides the stigma it's harder to organize the me, the male sort of events versus like the women cuz the women are like into they the, want the, to do it as and well. the products yeah. and the products that you it's like a demand and the self love products and the mm. beauty like yeah like men aren't really going to get like gel and like
1: <laughs> you never know cologne. watch me open a gel business
0: yeah. <laughs> um like,
1: no i do agree and it is hard it's just such a different world like it shouldn't be a different world but know, it but is it, yeah Like, it shouldn't, but it is different. Like, even the way I speak to my guy friends and girlfriends about these type of things, completely different. And Mm. it's just, like, it shouldn't really. And even, like, the way people avoid conversations, like, I feel – females are really good at the moment of leaning into really uncomfortable situations and conversations, especially like in the safety of PT or like a one-on-one conversation I have with another female. I feel like people love to lean in and like really talk about the things. Whereas it can be a little bit on the other spectrum when you're speaking to a boy. Oh,
2: mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why it's a problem. That's
1: yeah. 100%. What was that point
0: we had at the beach, Jack, about, about opening up? Cause like, Oh,
2: yeah. Cause what there's,
0: yeah, there's a, because oh, so it has dude. it is a strength of women in theory like to like lean on other yeah like women.
1: chatter and like gossip well <laughs> not gossip but like yeah support group
0: and we j- we j- came <laughs> up we came up with this interesting point oh he, no 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 here's here's the point um do you reckon women are are not being as vulnerable because maybe there's so much focus on men do you reckon they feel almost guilty sometimes for being so vulnerable emotional like there's a pressure for them to not be so expressive in their emotions
1: as in females not as expressive it's
0: almost opposite to the male trend
1: yes well I feel like especially let's say in a relationship when it is like 50 50 most of the time um it can be very, like, and you've got, like, look, we can go down the very, like, masculine energy and feminine energy and, like, stereotypically they're very, like, men, big, strong, like, decision-maker, blah, blah, blah. And then feminine energy is more, like, creativity and, like, expression and emotions. And every single person on this earth has both. Like, mm. no one is completely masculine energy. No one is completely feminine energy. It's a combination of both based on the situation that you're in, like, the personality that you are. And I feel like it can be really easy when you are in, like, let's say, a relationship to have, like, the stereotypical, like, man doesn't say anything, stuck in his emotion, female, mm. chatterbox. But then you'll both not want to be those people and then get really messy in between.
2: Yeah, it was something, I remember, like, very briefly, but it was something to do with, like, so men and women, like, everyone has problems, we're all human, but it was, like, women... Stop it before it gets too far. Yeah, problems. And it's
0: the that that's it's it's honestly the reason that men men male suicide rates so high because yeah. women have more sort of overt depression, yeah. so they can lean on other people and you can see it. Yeah. Whereas men are very good at hiding how they feel, um, and that's why like it gets too late and it gets to that end point and it's it's too far. Fu- they're too far gone. And, yeah. Um. Whilst woman it, women it can get cut off which is sort of where we're trying to lean into that but it's hard because I talk about this because male depression is not female depressions yeah it's not and too. it's really touchy to be like because we want to encourage vulnerability in men and we want to allow a safe space for men to not feel the pressure that they have to have it all figured out but it's also how men deal with things is different like mm. it's more a problem uh, sorry solution based and an action taking and um well, I, I feel like for men it's so important because there's such a build-up of tension inside of you. The speaking is such a pressure release. Yeah, you can't, It's very hard for men to take action and fix the problems without that sort of pressure relief because some men have spent decades...
1: Yeah. And the thing with fixing problems is like, I see that all the time, my partner and my dad and my brother and everything, but it's not a problem that you can just fix. It's not like a leaking tap. It's not like a electricity circuit. And I think that's almost frustrating. Like they don't see the benefit in like these small little improvements. It's not like a yes or no fix. Whereas that's like what they would love to have, but it's like, you just, it doesn't work like that. Like you can't just all of a sudden wake up one day and be like, I feel amazing, life is good. It's one of those things you have to constantly work against, it feels, but you can also work with other people to open up and let that pressure release and that's a good thing. It may not be a fix. You may wake up still feeling shit tomorrow but it just allows you to breathe for a little bit and realise you're not alone. And I feel like that's what we need, like society needs to really emphasise it. You're not alone. And I feel like people don't talk about it enough.
0: Because I think as soon as you broadcast it to people around you close, they can factor in how you're feeling so that – and almost because they know you so well, you'll come up with ways to sort of come out of that place because they know you and it's personalised. I feel like we sort of – it's sort of called mono thinking, where we sort of just think there's a a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter solution for everyone, both genders and everyone, even within females and within males and even – sex differences, there's so much variability with how people cope with things and how they get through it. So that's why we need to create a space so you can lean on your friends and they know, but that's why if you're comfortable to speak about how you're feeling. So I reached out to my mate a week or so ago when I was feeling down and he invited me over for a gym session. But if I didn't, I told him I didn't really want advice. I didn't want to be told about the situation. I just wanted to tell him how I was feeling. And then he invited me over for a gym session Felt a lot better, Um, but it was all because I told him how I feel. For me, I I wasn't really in a space where I wanted his thoughts on the situation, but I just needed to tell someone how I was feeling. So then he took that into consideration, invited me over, felt better, but it was all because I felt comfortable to speak up and say how I felt.
1: And, like, look, this is a little bit different, but the whole just letting someone talk and not have to fix the problem is so beautiful. So even... Look, I'm just moved back in with my mum and dad, which is great in a sense because we are moved, like we're going to New Zealand soon. Anyway, long story, saving money. So back with mum and dad for like a month, a month and a half. So like obviously, well not obviously, I didn't have the greatest relationship with my parents growing up. So then I, it's a big thing me coming home, haven't lived home for six years. So it's a big thing me going back into the house and like a lot of my mental health wasn't great when I was growing up in that house so I'm like okay cool how am I going to make this okay this time so whenever I'm in like a kind of like a you know when you're in a headspace where you just want to rant and like the rant is so irrational there's an easy way to fix it but I go to mom I was like mom I just want sympathy I don't want solutions and I've said this to my partner my partner says it to me and now mom says it to me it's like you just want to say how you're feeling or say how you are. And it's just that release. It feels so good. And then sometimes maybe it's the complete opposite. You want a solution. It's like, I actually have a problem. I want you to help me with this problem. And it's just communicating that expectations to the conversation. Because I remember so many times as a kid, I would come home from school and just want to like bitch about my teacher. And then mum's like, well, you should have done your homework then. And I was like, well, I don't want your solutions. Like, I just want you to be like, oh, that sucks move on and then the conversation would be over but it would get to a point it was like oh my telephone i don't know whatever it was but they would it's so ingrained in society to give someone a solution like when someone tells you a problem you're like oh this is how you fix it but sometimes people don't want to fix it and they mm. just want to feel heard and feel like rationalized and they can work out the solution themselves oh yeah
2: I think that is the not the solution but just being able to talk
1: yeah and it's nice to just get it off your chest sometimes. But 100%
2: my mates would come with all, come to me with all these problems and I felt like I had to give them a solution and yeah. I felt like a fucking, I felt like a shit friend because I just didn't have the right solutions for them and it made me feel fucking shit. But if you just say at the start, um, like, are you looking for advice or are you looking just for like an ear?
0: That's um, the problem we're so, in society, is too many people want to be an expert on everything. Yes. There's nothing wrong with not knowing.
1: 100%. <laughs> And the longer I stay in business, like, especially the two businesses that I have, I get a lot of questions that I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, like but I'm happy to find out. And I think that's the beauty of being so honest about your communication. Like, I don't have to know all the answers. And I've grown up in a household where it's like, oh, you know all the answers. Like myself and my dad and my brother if someone asks us a question we don't know the answer we will bullshit our way to the answer it's like oh why is there no dog food it's like oh because uh and we have no idea Mm. but it's so refreshing when you have a conversation even in ptsa all the time i'm like i'm so sorry i don't know why that is but i'm happy to come back and find out or like someone asked me about some product or whatever i've never heard of that in my life but i can come back to you And I think that's really cool to be able to take a step back and like lower yourself from a pedestal. It's like, I don't have to know everything. You don't have to fix everything. It can just be.
0: How do you go from, does it feel like a regression going? Because I feel like when you go out of a situation, uh, out of the family home and you're doing all these wonderful things and then you come back and you have all these like sort of environmental cues, like you're back in the familiar situation around the same people and it sort of can trigger those old responses and those old behaviours. How have you sort of dealt with that and learnt to respond in, in in a new and improved way?
1: Oh, it's so hard. And I think because obviously you're a kid for 18 years and those habits and responses build up very quickly and you've got them for so long. And it is just like thinking before you speak, which is something so cliche, but it just don't react straight away like think you just the reaction straight away is to say something mean or snarky or like sarcastic but it's like that's actually not helping anyone and I think with age I can think age a lot and growing up that I now see my parents more as like my friends well like they're obviously still my parents but there's not like a hierarchy as much anymore like I've got my own house I've got all my own things going on I've got my own problems I've got all my own things going on there's no it's like they're just my friends which like I don't say that in any bad way to mom and dad but I feel like you get to a point where it's like yes you're my parents I respect you I respect all your decisions but it, you've handed the baton to me now and going back into that was a bit hard because I feel like I have my own baton and now I'm not my own baton but um it is just kind of yeah thinking before you speak it's the simple but you just have to
0: yeah I think it's harder than it's hard as um easier said than done. A 100%. I'm reading especially it. when you have like an emotion. Like it's the anger em- or it's the emotion because like if something <laughs> threatens you or your ego, like defensive. it's it's def- you get defensive straight away and it's a skill I'm trying really hard to learn. Do you know what that
2: is? Ian? Is a something in the brain? <laughs> Although obviously it's <laughs> something in the brain. But so yeah, I was thinking yeah. about it today like why do people get defensive straight away when I don't know their ego gets hurt. Yeah, it's
0: it's the amygdala response straight away. Like and then our prefrontal cortex, like the link between that, that is where you take a step back. Yeah. We don't do that. We have our brain interpreters as a threat to us for some reason yeah. and our emotional brain just reacts. Yeah. We need to develop that muscle between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, like you said, to think about what you're going to say and that's what that muscle is and we don't train it enough. And the, probably the biggest takeaway from the book I'm reading about that is you need to put yourself in those situations and, and engulf yourself in them. Think of, and really have awareness around you trying to improve that. Get really deep into your thoughts about it. Be conscious of your feelings. Write them down. Explore it because it's training. It's not going to just happen. It's it's almost funny to think that you can – it's it's almost naive to think you could outthink a feeling problem. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I like – I love what you're saying but to think, yeah, to think that we can say think – Oh, like you got to think before, like you say, it's a feel, it's feeling because the defensiveness is an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the primary response in the brain. So that's why you need to go into those experiences to train yourself to respond in the better way, because it's not about the initial feeling because everyone, you might have all these insecurities and fears and you're always going to feel a certain way, but it's teaching yourself the skill to respond in the right way. And that's the only way you're going to improve that sort of amygdala prefrontal cortex connection.
1: Yeah, it's like trial and error, I guess. Like learning. It's like training, like for a run. You're not expected to be so great the first time you go for a run, but the more often that you're like running, you can learn to say the things that are better or like react differently. And I think a big thing while I was away from home, I like forgave mum for a lot of things and like dad for a lot of things. And I feel like that helps. Not definitely. Yeah, because you kind of like. Chilling. Also, I love all the big words. Like I'm, I really like it. Not you trying. know your shit. No, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 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 Me and Jack are like, oh. No, I think that is so, and that's so interesting that it is like, like having to put yourself deep into that situation means that then you can react differently. It's not like a switch that so you can just flick. Mm.
2: I feel like if you don't put, like actively search for it or put yourself into it, like you're just gonna keep having that same response. Hundred percent. Something I'm definitely trying to work on because I fucking hated like. I fucking hated just snapping as soon as someone said something that I didn't like about me or some of like that. But it's def- I don't know. I That's think we why all struggle
0: for it. You have to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations. That's how you grow. Exactly. Uh, it, it sounds simple, but it's funny because th- something I'm always trying to improve, like, so let's say I have something I want to improve. I don't feel good about that thing. So I withdraw myself from trying that thing even though the only way to get better at the thing is by doing the thing.
1: 100%. The thing that you're scared of is probably the thing that's going to get you where you want to be. Yes. So it's like whatever you don't want to do is probably what you should do. Context obviously is important, but Mm -hmm. like you just have to do the hard things. Like it's – the classic quote of like pick your hard so you can either pick the hard of doing the things maybe let's just go really basic like fitness like yeah you get up before work and you do whatever you want to do whether it's run gym whatever like that's hard yeah. or is it harder to live the whole day with guilt and then live a life that where your body isn't effective and then you're coming to old age where you haven't primed any of muscles you don't have any muscles and your body just isn't as effective as what it could be if you'd picked the hard earlier like i would much rather pick the heart of getting up early and doing those things than pick the heart of being, like, a uh, immobile older person. I yeah. feel like that's not a good description, but.
0: No. Yeah. You know that, I reckon. Um, I'm interested in your take on this thing. I was listening to a podcast today and it was talking about easy mode and hard mode. And we bro- bro- mode.
1: <laughs> 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 that's good. <laughs> always pick option three. <laughs>
0: We want to do something, okay? Let's say, let's, for example, we want to get up early for the gym. We think it is like a fixed thing getting up early for the gym, but are we going to do an easy mode or hard mode? So, what does easy mode look like? Eating well the night before, preparing things after, going to bed early. What is hard mode? Staying on your phone late at night, eating junk food late at night, not, you know, getting a gym stuff out ready. So, I feel like we overly fixate on the thing, but let's make it. Easy as possible to actually do the thing.
1: Hundred percent. It's making your environment. What is it? It's making your environment help at th- this. Th- make you thrive, yeah. really? Yeah, like you, you set, You're setting
2: yourself up for success. Yeah. Why well, not make things easier for you to do?
1: because if your environment is making things harder, let's say like, yeah, you want to get up early and you haven't set your stuff or like you don't have a gym membership yet or like you don't know how long it's going to take to go to the gym or you don't have a plan once you get to the gym. That's obviously very hard or even like I find the biggest challenge for a lot of people in their health and fitness journey is eating like because we we have to eat and there's a lot of emotional response with that. There's a lot of stress response. If you don't grocery shop how are you expecting to eat all these very healthy meals when you just don't have it available or you don't even have a thought of what you might have or like have some sort of – I like to create gloss glossaries. This is a little bit different what we're talking about. But you have like a list of the things, like the breakfast, lunch and dinners that you do like. You're creating all these little tools that when it does feel hard mode, you're making it easy mode because you can just reach for that. So say like – why I really want to eat healthy next week, but I'm so busy next week. There's so many tools out there that can make that easy. Like say you go to healthy power meals and pick up pre-made meals or whatever it is, you make the best option easier because the best option is probably normally the option that isn't good for you. Like getting fast food or like picking up two minute noodles or whatever. Like that's the easier option, but that's the worst option. Whereas you want to make the best option be the easiest option.
2: I feel like, um, Hard mode is like the silent killer of the um, consistency, because mm. like you're just making it so much harder for yourself to like do it for the next year. Or yeah, like I
1: don't if know, you can't see yourself doing it for more than two days, why are you making it so hard? <sighs> like you got to make it something that you can do every day, because life is just a collection of habits, and your habits either make you well, no, they don't make you happy or sad, but they either can like grow you or they can shrink you. If you don't, if you let your bad habits. Pull you down.
2: I think there's a good quote, like habits sculpture what was it? No, I don't. it has something to do with like habitual habits. It sculpture is sculpture
1: your life. They do. Yeah. But what what you do day to day. The little things build up to the big things. Yeah. And I'm big on making the little things exciting and yes. like romanticising like all the I can see you were going to the beach lots.
2: Yeah, quite a bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that a daily thing?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's done it every day this year.
1: Every day. Look at you go. Yeah. Have we gone today yet?
2: Yeah. Nice. Today. <laughs> easy today. Yeah. When I'm working, it's a bit harder, but yeah. it's downhill. Yeah. Summer. Oh, nice and easy.
1: So good. <laughs> and, like, how cool is that evidence that you've now created for yourself that you can do oh. something every day for a year? Yeah. Like, but, that just makes you feel so strong.
2: Now I want, to, I want like, the next mountain.
1: Like, yeah, even, what so is like,
2: it? I don't know. I'm searching. I have keep asking my mates. I'm like, give me something. But it needs to be, like, realistic as well.
1: Yes, 100%.
2: you don't want to just do something for a month and then stop it. No. So it needs to be hard, but something that's still achievable.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And like you, it's something that you kind of want to do. Mm. Like the feelings after jumping in the ocean is oh, elite. Fuck.
2: It's the best. Yeah,
1: definitely. Got any ideas? Oh, I was just <laughs> like, I tried to do a mini thing. I actually don't know. I'll just get back to you if I do. Mm. Um, but it is really cool. Like little challenges like that. Um, that's what
2: excites you a lot. Like hundred percent. Like, I, was, I said it on my first podcast with you, but like, saw this video and it was saying, make, um, like, you can just go through life on fucking a different easy mode, but just like, not really thinking, just going through the motions and not challenging yourself. Like autopilot. Yeah, autopilot. Or you can, what I'm going to start doing from this year, obviously, is um, like remembering the year for, uh, so, 2023 is the year that I went to the beach every day. 2024, fuck knows what that's going to be. I'm still going to try and do the beach every day, but add to the list. But it would just make my life a bit more memorable
1: you probably both really like this. It's this thing called the life resume. I talk about it on all my treats. It's one of the workshops that we do. But basically, you have your work resume. So you have your work resume that's like all the jobs you've done, whatever. But we rarely put time into our life resume. So your re- life resume is consisted of a few different things. So the biggest thing is your misogy. So your misogy is one year defining thing that is quite difficult to achieve and you have to spend time money or money is a question but energy on achieving it so your misogy can be like running a marathon it can be starting a business it can be writing a book it can be producing your own music whatever it is and if I look back over all of my years I have a misogy so Even like this year, the misoji would be my – I did a 10K solo swim. So that took months of training and it was all leading up to one year-defining moment. But so much more went into that and I learned so much in the process of getting there. So that's my misoji. It's like this Japanese thing which is really cool. And then from your masojis, you then break your year down further and you have, I call it Teal's Rule, but it was called Kevin's teals Rule. Oh. Yeah, it's Teal's Rule. Scratch that, can you edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Teal's Rule. So with Teal's Rule, it's uh, a weekend every two months. If you can't afford to do a little trip, a little challenge, something exciting, add in something that you wouldn't usually do, your life feels unbalanced because then across the year, you have six weekends. Either, yeah, you can go a little trip down south and spend a night in the Swan Valley. I don't know, get all your friends together and have a movie night or whatever it is. Then let's say if you do that for 10 years, you have 60 really cool experiences that you wouldn't have had usually. So yeah, how cool. And then the last one is your daily vitamins. So with daily vitamins, it is like, obviously not like magnesium. It's not fish oil. It's little things that you can do that make that day better. So from an ocean swim can be a daily vitamin. A, I don't know, I walk, like cuddle my dog, journal, meditate, a uh, cold shower, um, anything like that. Something that is so, or like drink my coffee outside. That's a daily vitamin for me. So my big ones are like, cold water exposure whether it is a cold shower or it is jumping in the ocean or and then I love writing down three things that went well that day and I don't like really journal I just write three tiny things down and then just move on and then also things yeah like eating a meal outside, that's like a daily vitamin for me because it makes me feel really good. And then if I can focus my year, like all of those things are so manageable. Like I'm normally pretty good at the teals rule and then the masoji is one that kind of jumps out to you and then your daily vitamins. And if you focus enough time and energy on that, your life resume is freaking cool. Like let's say 30 years you do that, that's like 180 cool experiences that you wouldn't have had Mm. elsewhere. And when I say this, people are like, I don't know what my misogy is. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, they're like, oh, I hate running. I don't want to do a marathon or like all of this. It's like these three rings, and I hope I can remember this. It's something that you've always wanted to do. It's something that scares you, and it's something that takes effort. Mm. So the middle of those three Venn diagrams – that's where you find your misogy. So even like buying a house is a misogy. Like that's something you work for mm. all of those type of things. And like the life resume is something that gets me so freaking excited. And I love doing it with the girls and the girls that come back to multiple retreats. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what did you write for your misogy last year? And then we're like, they've achieved it or whatever. Um, it's just putting a pen to paper and like committing to it. Cause otherwise your years can fly by without you doing anything cool, without you doing anything exciting. But the life resume is something very cool mm. that I love talking about.
0: No, it sounds sick. And important point is like when you have something set in stone, plan like it. It it's really exciting to think mm. about, and there's a lot of talk about this in sort of the mindset world. But it's all people get more pleasure almost in the anticipation 100%. than the actual experience of it because people think of like these holidays and they're all excited and then they finally get to the holiday and then the moment they get there they're thinking fuck wouldn't it be nice to come back here on the first day so it's more about the anticipation so there's this bloke who plans a bunch of these holidays in the future so just like you're doing there like if you know you're going to do all these cool fun things it's your brain is is constantly having this positive anticipation about the direction of your life.
1: Yeah, 100%. And like I've been there where I have no travel plans. Like I'm a bit of a travel bug. And if I've got no travel in the future, I'm like, oh, I'm like a little bit sad. I'm like, why? Like my life would still be the same whether or not I've dropped a couple K on a trip or not. But having something exciting does genuinely make you... Happier and like working towards something, like even training for half marathons and things like that, and even the swim. Absolutely, like as much as that grueling it was, every swim ticking it off, I was like, "Holy crap! I've only got ten more swims until the big swim," and it's those cool feelings. It was like, "Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!" Until like the big dance, I guess. All Um, that's
2: doing is just giving your life purpose.
1: Yeah, that's and
2: you said something about like a life without purpose is blah blah (laughs) blah. I don't don't (laughs) know, like. Yeah, but that's why people can fall not the only reason but they can fall into those like depressive states because they they're lost and they don't have a purpose. Yeah, learned helplessness. But, like, but What about
0: because people are going to be listening and be like oh, I want to do this thing or get this, but I feel like people also lack clarity of doing something that's genuinely worthwhile because yeah. all things worthwhile are hard to achieve, mm-hmm. but not all things hard to achieve are worthwhile. Yeah, 100%. So, like being being famous For example, like that's pretty hard to achieve, but it might not be a worthwhile path. 100%. But anything, like you said in your little circle, it takes effort, right? Anything worthwhile is going to take effort.
1: Yeah, agreed. And like nothing great is going to fall into your laps. A lot of things will fall into your laps. That's amazing. But working towards something and the journey towards something is so rewarding. Like, I think that that's a part that a lot of people skip over. And again like my industry like the dream is everyone i want to be skinny or well, like that, that's we're v- moving away from that which is great but say they want to lose weight and it's like y- if you aren't enjoying this whole gym thing and the way to this you're not going to enjoy the i just want that end
2: metric of yeah. being skinny that like you know enjoy being in the gym you need to enjoy 100%. being like the grind
1: and, like, find something you genuinely enjoy doing and then you will feel so much better doing it. And, like, mm. even with PT, every single person's program's is different because I know what people like. like. I have people that come in that are like, absolutely, like, make me jump, make me run or whatever. Mm. And then I have other people that I just want to get a really heavy, heavy deadlift. And I'm like, yes, babe, let's do it. And then they are so focused on getting stronger and, like, trying to lift and, like, these mini goals and challenges that they forget that the whole point that they came to me was to lose weight. And that's happening with them out even having to think about it. Yeah, it's it's so- more like the fun of the now is so much mm. more well, rewarding.
0: I just came up with it, but, like... Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you don't love the process, you're on the wrong path.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, look, you're not gonna love the process a hundred and twenty percent of the time, yeah. or like a hundred percent of the time. But like, when you see enough smiles, and like, you can vouch for it when it feels right.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you sort of have to love doing the hard thing, like, because yeah, it's yeah. not always gonna be easy. No, it's Jimmy's not. not fucking easy so i how probably many- don't do it <laughs> 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 <Just being vulnerable.
0: laughs> how many times do you see people like in the middle of those sessions do people are, are they ver- like with the the girls are they very vocal with like how much they're disliking it and the the process aspect of it
1: like no but i liked like, being very honest, the I think PT is so rewarding and fun because you're chatting to someone the whole time and you actually don't feel like a lot of the girls are like, holy shit, the session's just whole gone. Because they don't have to think about how much they're lifting. They don't have to think about what's coming next. They don't have to think about getting the equipment. They can just be there for them.
0: Healthy distraction.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. healthy distraction. Because I'm the one doing all the groundwork. I'm like a wheel changer in an F1 race trying to put plates on and off the bar. Whereas they're just there purely just most of it is for their minds, like just to get themselves out and do something that's completely for them that they know they're going to achieve. Like for a lot of the girls that it's like the highlight of their day because they don't actually have to be in control of anything. They come, I've done all the maths, I've done all of that and they just come and like, look, sometimes a girl's like, fuck, this is hard. I'm like, that's the point. But having me there who's there to like remind them on the reason that they are here and like kind of keep them going – is really exciting. Like, you've probably gone to the gym with someone else. And you're like, this is kind of fun. Like, when you train with a friend, it's like, oh, we like chatting, we are like doing it, and we're still obviously finishing the program, doing all the things. But you can kind of do it, yeah, with a healthy distraction.
2: You probably keep them coming back because if it was just them going to the gym. Yeah. Where do you do it?
1: I do it, actually. I have an elite spot. So, you know, Ocean's like the bar? Like, yeah. in Scarborough?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. what, well, on top? Yeah. Yeah, because... Wait what?
1: So there's a, so like <laughs> you know the bar and there's like the Esplanade bar.
2: Yeah, I, no, I saw the video um yeah. on Luna. Yeah. So you do your So PT I did my PT
1: there. there. So I have like storage things and like a squat rack. And then um just I just it pull out. it all out. And then so what do you do if it's raining? Uh there's a yoga room that I use. Oh, okay. So basically the space is like Pilates Studio, but they don't use a yoga room that much. And then I just rent out the like yeah. grass bit at the top yeah
2: fucking sick It's fucking six
1: spots oh dude it's so good like seeing the ocean all day mm. and i started doing beach reports i don't think i've actually done one today but um i would like for anyone who wanted to go for a surf or like down to the beach i would just like <laughs> pano the, the view and my friend lives like fuck yeah she's like i'm gonna go for a surf i like see a pull up i'm like oh there she is <laughs> i love that yeah it's so good like i'm so lucky And, again, that happened, like, being delusional. So, they've never had anyone up there. But I was doing um, a trial, like, with my friend doing Pilates. And I was, like, no one uses this space. So, it is, once again, like, looking for opportunities. And, like, I've wanted an ocean view spot for so long. I was, like, fuck, no one uses this rooftop. So, I just called the owner and was, like, hey, can I set up out here? And she was, like, "Eh, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. I guess. No one's using it. Yeah. So, then I've been able to do that. And it's just, like, it has been, like, a really cool decision that I've made. Oh, Oh, yeah. It looked awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but, yeah.
0: On this whole journey, I guess, what's the thing you're most proud of?
1: What am I most proud of? Goodness. Um, I would honestly – like, this is – I don't want this to be a cop-out, but, like, the change in women – I guess it's women. I train all girls. But, like, they're – honestly, like, their change in their whole headspace is so rewarding because I find, like – They come to me. A lot of girls when they go to PT, they've come from like a really anxious space or like let's say depressed state and they're just looking for something and a lot of people will manifest those kind of emotions into the way that they look and blame it on the way that they look so then they reach for a personal trainer. I'm like, cool. But then when we get down to it, it's a lot of other things that they actually want to change and then through the metrics of fitness, we're able to like bring them out of their shell, build self-confidence, build self-love and even seeing girls who... They, separate, they step away from a lot of their old friends and that's what I see a lot with PT. And then um, because you're changing so much, a lot of your existing friends are kind of holding you back. So you're having to make new friends and then seeing that whole progression of like, even the new friends that they make and their connections with maybe other PT girls or Luna girls and seeing them really just like grow as a person is just like the most rewarding and like proudest moments that I've had. And it's just so nice when you just see someone who was in such like a not like a bad space but like a really down and like you just see them absolutely glow like Mm -hmm. it's just so nice and like that's the only reason I do what I do and I think I've been so lucky that because I see that empowerment side of work so clearly like I have never focused on the finances of my business because I care so much about my purpose and vision that the money just kind of like comes along with a side product Mm. which is like so nice because i've worked with so many other pts that they focus so highly on the money and keeping clients and like not letting the natural progression whereas like my clients come in i work with them and then we try and wean them off to go to the gym by themselves because that's the natural progression of how it should work um that i've never really had to worry about money or had to worry about keeping clients because there's been like this steady flow because i believe so highly in what i do that it makes me so proud
0: what sort of goals do you have then for like Luna and mm. then your PT sir so.
1: yeah with Luna like look if we're going real delusional i do mm. i'm <laughs> i Luna is expanding and going to go into a few different locations which i'm really excited about so basically with Luna it's a big focus on local businesses so i want to kind of create mini um, Oh, I had a good word the other day. But like little, like they're ambassadors and they basically spread the lunar energy and love and mission to their local community. So I uh, will be opening up and relocating to New Zealand. So I'll be opening up stuff in New Zealand but basically run the same kind of structural events. So a big thing of what we do is we get together with small businesses, local small businesses, local experts, local... Anyone who has something to share that aligns with Luna. And then I just want to share that as much as I can. So we even have like our own products coming out. We send out gift boxes. And it's just trying to spread this whole idea that we want women to feel well and balanced. And there's a way to do that in a community with connection and. Eating healthy and going to the gym isn't be all and end all. There's so many other aspects, like being creative and like talking to other people and like reflecting on growing and all of those type of things. Just trying to expand that to more people, if that kind of makes sense.
2: I think that's a massive leaf men can take out of um what women are doing, like the sense of community. Yeah, men don't really. I was saying this
1: the other day. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but like
2: obviously it'd be different because like I've like i've been a boy i've been a man like, <laughs> <laughs> like i know like
1: guys he's a no, boy we're not we're not we're not, not,
2: not, not going to fucking go to yoga just cuz no that's just not something that a lot of men are interested in which is fine but it's finding 100% finding that thing that um men will want to do but sometimes it's not even about the yoga or yeah. like anything it's, that you do it's just being with people that
1: with like-minded people yeah like-minded people And there's so many more people out there. And even, like, with a lot of our events, most of the girls come solo, So, Mm. which is, like, so scary. And
2: That's sick that they do, though. Oh, It's, it's, like, a scary thing to do.
1: It's so scary. And, like, just going into a room. But because everyone's there with the same intention and they hold the same values as Luna, everyone's vulnerable and everyone's, like, willing to connect and talk to other people. And we all kind of realise that, look, we're all kind of the same. Mm. Like, there's not really this big distinction between... Everyone. It's like everyone just has this like craving to connect with people that are amazing. And just being able to facilitate that is, I find, the coolest thing. Like I do a little bit with Luna, but really I'm just there to bring people together. Mm. Like I bring the small businesses to the girls and I just make sure that everyone's doing well. Love that. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite quote?
1: Oh, I feel like I've jumped them all out today. (laughs) Honestly, uh, what is my favorite quote? I would go, like, this is. Gosh, I would say even, like, if you never do it, you'll never know. That's not really a quote, but, like, just no. do it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I know that's not a quote, but I say this all the time. You like, can't lose. Yeah, you can't. What is the worst that can happen? And I have, like, said that so many times and, like, nothing bad ever happened. Well, I'm not saying it that I'm not that delusional. but if something like, bad
2: <laughs> does happen, though you can learn from it. Like, 100%. that's why you can't lose. Nothing in... I'm, well, how many? It's you, our it's our favorite quote. Co- well, it's definitely mine. <laughs> well, how many like
0: fears do we have have had that just have not come true?
1: Hundred <sighs> percent. And I even say this: like, if you're scared about it now, you're just living it again if it happens. Like, yeah. so you say if you're really scared of I don't know, like, no one showing up to your yoga class. Then the yoga class happens and no one shows up. Feel the emotion then. Don't feel it now. Like, why feel it now? Because it's just going to stress you out. You have no control over that feeling right now.
2: Like, bringing that energy as well. Like, probably no one will show up. 100%. No, I'm going to feel this fucking class.
1: I say it to myself. It's so... Like, I literally will walk around and... The house, like when I used to live by myself, it's a bit different. Now I have like a whole family. But I'll be like, I'm going to sell out my retreat today. And I'll just like walk yeah, around and I'll like tell the couch, I'm like, I'm going to sell out my retreat today. Or it's like, I'm going to get three <laughs> new members today. And the couch is like, okay,
2: cool. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Till. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you and then told like,
2: me that for the last yeah. week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then it happens one day, I'm like, oh my gosh, manifested it.
2: Told you, couch. <laughs>
1: yeah, literally. But um, it is one of those things that like, as long as you care enough and like actually put in the work, the only reason that you – are trying to set yourself up to soften the blow of failure. Like, oh, but it's because of this. No, it's ev- – oh, this is another one I like. Sorry, I'm really dragging this no, out. No. Um, but everything is your fault, which can be taken really bad, but you can use that as something that's so powerful that everything that happens into your life is your fault. So you're allowed to feel proud for things that you do, the smallest things, the biggest things. Like, it is your fault that this is happening. Like, you can be proud, and I feel like growing up – Uh, smart a lot of it was like not even praise to mum and dad but they were like oh Julie my parents like you're so lucky like oh like you've had the best mum and dad Mm till like all of this and I'm like no I did this and even like with buying my house at a really young age I feel like a lot of praise got put to my parents and like the way they've raised me I'm like yeah cool like thanks but I did this like I'm allowed to feel Mm -hmm. like I did this so like everything is your fault and say if something does turn to shit it's your fault but you have the power to change it. Like it's everything is in your control and if it's not in your control, it's not worth your time.
0: Well, wow. I feel like your circumstances minus the baseline is all your, in your control. Yeah. So I feel like you, you might have had a slightly higher baseline than some other yeah. people but it's so unfair and discrediting to you to take away what you've done and the positive actions you've taken purely because of the baseline
1: and even I hate the saying like oh my gosh you're so lucky I'm like "Mm," like yes I am like I'm so grateful I live in a beautiful place in like a beautiful first world country but it is like we all put in so much effort to the place to get to the place that we are at and I feel like people don't give themselves enough credit for that because we're so used to discounting it to other people like like when someone gives us a compliment it's like oh no blah 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 and it's like, ugh, ugh. like when I give a girl a compliment at the gym, I'm like, you take this, remember? Like, they're like, oh, well, like, uh, I'm like, no, we this a, is you.
2: We did a massive thing on that because people these days, they oh. can't take compliments. I know. They feel, like they, they feel like they can't.
1: Yeah. Like, you can be like, thanks. That's it. But do,
2: it's like footy. Yeah, you played yeah. so good today. Like oh nah, like, no, like just fucking. Just I know just what just
0: happens like when people Here credit. Me. <laughs> Here we go. Can we nah, big th- words, please? <laughs> no, nah, this is just a personal experience <laughs> okay. this time. Yeah. but when people tell me I've, I've done saying good, all I'm thinking about is the gap between what they what what they told me I did and the ideal I have in my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, it's it's so it's almost disrespectful to yourself to mm. to discount all the the good things you're achieving, all the work you've put in just because you're not living up to some high ideal. But saying that, that anxiety that you feel is such a powerful driver to make you better. But it's like, like everything. It's that balance between enjoying what you have and striving for more.
1: 100%. Crazy.
0: Okay. Any concluding thoughts?
1: Any concluding thoughts? No. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Um but yeah no concluding thoughts from me but any listener go do the thing you've always wanted to do brain dump it and then go do it because I feel like if you're listening to this podcast I know there's probably something that you want to do so just do it like just stop thinking about it literally what's worse going to happen just freaking do it
2: Jack last thoughts uh I can't wait for all your followers to listen to this because <laughs> I feel like they'll learn a lot I've learned a fucking Yeah yesterday. definitely learn a lot fucking
0: but, it's been great
2: because I feel like it's a massive summary of Like your passions and drive, and like where you've come from, what you're doing now, Mm. and like it's all been summarized into an hour and a half podcast or something, like so they can just all listen to it. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, and
1: go buy them new Brooker Mode uh, (laughs) merch. I saw that on Instagram today, Uh,
2: haven't got the websites done. I've literally listened more than ever today. Usually I talk a little bit more, but I fucking just love listening. <laughs> That's sick. I was just sitting in the corner. Just, like, hey. This is cool. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks guys for listening. Thanks Teal for coming on. and Thanks Jack again. Get him a soji. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm a soji, team.
0: <laughs> Thank you to everyone who listened. I'm sure you'll get something very valuable out of that. I definitely learned a lot from Teal in that conversation. Always very fun and easy to have great conversations with very passionate people. She is such a great personality, and you can find her social pages in the show notes below. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.